Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 308. <laughs> it's Tuesday, the 13th of August, 2013. Great to see you. Hey, I'm scrambling tonight. Big change in our plans for the evening. Becca is not going to be joining us tonight, and I'm going to tell you all about what's going on uh, in a little bit. But uh, first of all, well, we're going to be changing up the format tonight. We're going to be answering your questions in the chat room. It's Category 5 on Freenode. You can also pick up the cat phone. Give us a call, 254-522-8588, and ask your question that way. And I'd love to actually help you out by remoting into your system using TeamViewer, and uh, I can actually get into your system, whether you be on Linux or Windows, and be able to help you with uh, your particular tech issues. So feel free to give me a call that way. Uh, okay, coming up in the newsroom, a transit system is traveling uh, at about 4,000 miles per hour. It has been, uh, it's been proposed by Elon Musk. Uh, also, Tor users, the anonymous browsing uh, software and, uh, and net, uh, they are being urged to stop using Microsoft Windows. Find out more about that in just a little bit. The latest security breach is an Android app that lets you flush the toilet on rich people. What could it mean? Stick around, find out. All right. Uh, there's a new resistive RAM that has been uh, announced. It can place a whole terabyte of data on a single chip. And it's a hundred times faster than the standard mechanical hard drive. So don't go anywhere. These stories and more coming up. And don't forget to join us in the chat room, Category 5 on Freenode, or just go to Category5.tv and follow the links. Stick around. I'll be right back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com this is Category 5 Technology TV. Andrew Jameson in the chat room. Hey, nice to see you, buddy. Uh, says, ah, this reminds me of the old school days when Robbie F. was solo without a co-host. And that's exactly what we're doing tonight. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's this thing that happens about once a year. And it's called vacation. And here I am. All right. We're live tonight, just so you know. And if you're watching this on, on demand, uh, then... Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't matter to you, but we are actually live tonight. Uh, basically, I'm committed to always having a, a, an episode of Category 5. We've never missed a week. It is episode 308. That means 308 episodes or 308 weeks of Category 5 Technology TV. We've never missed one, even when it falls on Christmas Day. Here we are. And here we are at the end of my vacation time, and uh, it just didn't work out for us to do everything that we had planned for tonight, uh, considering that, you know, I'm actually on holidays right now. But I got into the studio for you. Here I am. Wanted to make sure that you and I had a chance just to hang out. We're going to have a, a show together tonight, and just like Andrew Jameson in the chat room says, it's just like the olden days. We're literally just uh, we're just hanging out in the studio here in my basement. We're just chatting. I welcome you to pick up the phone. You can give me a call. We'll actually have a chat. 254 Five cat five TV. That's two five four five. Oh, it's really really hard to do it when I do it that way. Two five four five cat five TV. Two five four five two two eight five eight eight. You can feel free to give me a call. This morning I had a well, actually last night I had a privilege of uh, having a chat with Rob uh, Robert Gorzinski uh, from Australia. We were in the chat room at Category Five on Freenode. And he was having some trouble setting up his, uh, I don't know, a hard drive or something in FS, FS tab in Linux. And I said, you know what, let's just use TeamViewer. I'm going to get into your system and we'll fix it up. And it took about two minutes, I guess, eh, Rob? And uh, and I was able to, you know, just casually give him a hand. And that's that's kind of what this community is all about. That's what this show is all about. And uh, I think certainly those who have been watching for some time know that, you know, my heart is in just uh, giving you a hand and doing what we can to, to help you out. So I'd encourage you if you have TeamViewer installed and you have a specific issue, hey, let's 
throw me for a loop as long as it's not something that I can't do on the air because we are limited to a one hour uh, time constraint here uh, I'd be happy to take a look with team viewers so that's uh, one opportunity and again the cat phone is open the chat room is there jot it's great to see you uh, thybot it's good to see you access web alcat obviously going alphabetical now uh, Bob K54 cool dude David 2926 D hand good guy G pop 7 Joe to Max Keck Keck good to see you King Arthur I can't stop there I, I feel like you know I, I gotta I gotta keep going through the list Maxwell 6307 otherwise what's gonna happen is the iBot is gonna say hey you didn't mention me I, that's why I mentioned you off the top Steve Cug Slip 3D, Artie Blair, Paul 8, Old Guy, Jim. Great to see you again. Uh, who else haven't I mentioned? You, Al. Nice to see you. And if I had to, <laughs> didn't mention your name, it's like the magic mirror on Romper Room, right? It's uh, I see you, Al. I see G-Pomp. I see GWG and Popey and Garby. Good to see you. Old guy Jim, hey, it's no problem if you haven't been able to get here. Uh, speaking of scheduling difficulties, that's exactly what we are up against tonight here at the studio. I'm going to do my best for you. I'm watching the chat room. I'm trying to communicate with you. I've got screens all around me. I've got papers in front of me. I'm going to do my absolute best, folks. So just hang in with me and hang out with me, and uh, I think it'll be a fun show. Okay, what... Uh, what, are you, what are you? Okay, so you've been watching episodes. This is old guy Jim in the chat room. Been watching episodes uh, of a later date. I wanted to give you a big thank you. This is directed toward myself uh, for the lesson on FF Diaporama. I've been using, uh, looking for something that I could use for Linux that uh, could come close to Pro Show Gold for Windows. Thank you. This did it, old guy Jim. I'm very, very happy that FF Diaporama was something that uh, that helped you out. That is a slideshow uh, tool that's available for Linux. I'll tell you which episode it is on. Episode number 305. So if you want to go back, if you missed the episode, it is uh, when Robbie, myself, <laughs> here, obviously I'm reading, uh, when myself and Krista took a look at uh, that software. It's available for Windows and Linux. Uh, it makes it really, really easy to make some very attractive slideshows using your pictures. You can make videos out of them and then, uh, you know, do whatever you like with that. So glad that helped. Gpop7, hey, nice to see you. Guest Harry, welcome to the chat. And it's good to see you. All right, folks. Well, I've got a lot of viewer questions that have come in, viewer comments as well. We're just going to tackle those and uh, go through the mailbag. Again, pick up the phone. Give me a call. If you missed the number, it's at the bottom of the website, category5.tv. Hey, I got a postcard this week. Hey, thanks for sending it in. What a great thing to receive on my vacation. And you know what? It's funny because this was taken, uh, this picture was taken at a mid-1800s um, kind of set up a uh, pioneer village kind of thing called crossroads village and uh they call it a living history community which is really really cool but why that's interesting to me tonight is because on our vacation our theme this year has been pioneer village and you didn't know that when you sent that uh dennis kelly so we've actually attended two pioneer villages uh in the halliburton area we went to uh the halliburton museum they had a family fun day there last week uh we were there it was a great time and thank you to everybody who was involved in that the kids had a blast uh and then uh, we headed out to minden uh on the weekend and in minden ontario we went to the uh, pioneer museum there and that was very very interesting to see some of the cool uh basically the old artifact like stuff and they have kind of a village set up um, I definitely worth the visit, but th that's why this was interesting to me because it takes place in at a pioneer village, and it just happens to be the theme of my week. And this comes to us from Dennis Kelly, who says to Robbie and current co-host, "Isn't this ironic? Uh, thank you for an awesome show. I learn something every day that I watch. I finally got a postcard for something in my area of Michigan." The family and I visited this 1800s-era village this past weekend. Kind of funny, eh? Not much technology as we know it, but very modern for its time. Thanks from Dennis Kelly, sent to us uh, recently from Michigan in the United States. Thank you very, very much for sending that in. Cool to see a picture of Crossroads Village, the print shop there. And uh, that looks like somewhere to visit for sure. Uh, what is your favorite Pioneer Village? It's interesting as a tech guy, and I think Dennis Kelly can attest to this, and even just reading the back of his postcard there, it kind of goes to show that 
yeah, we're stepping into an era here where they didn't have the same technology that we do. I mean, this would be witchcraft. Seriously. But there it is. And you go there, and they've got all these interesting gadgets. And it's interesting, isn't it, Dennis, that, uh, that even though they didn't have our technology, the electronic stuff, they had stuff that makes you go, oh, my goodness, that's smart. I wish I had that in my kitchen. That's a really smart tool. And they had a lot of things like that. So, yeah, I theme my vacations just because, you know, the kids are growing up and we try to we try to have a lot of fun with them. And then it helps us to figure out what we're going to do <laughs> for the time that we have off, too. So needless to say, tonight is the final day of my vacation. So thank you for joining me. And uh, we're just going to chill, relax, extreme close up of my face. Hopefully you can see that I am slightly tanned. And that is a good thing tonight. Andrew Jameson loves uh, going to historic Williamsburg. Uh, is it Williamsburg? Yeah. Uh, and that is very, very cool. Okay. So I've got your viewer questions. Let's get right into it, folks. And if you've got something for me, it's going to be tough for me. I'll be honest. I don't have a co-host here with me tonight as I usually do. This is the first time in a long time. And, uh, you know, so I'm a little out of practice when it comes to running everything at the same time and keeping track of your questions and your comments. So if you have something for me, please um, post it in the chat room to my attention, but also copy it in a private message to me. And in order to do that, you can either double click on my name, which is Robbie F in the chat room. The chat room kind of looks like this if you're using an application and you just double click on my name and it will bring up a private window that allows you to chat with me. If you don't have a tool like what I'm using as Pigeon, then you can simply do this slash msg robbie f and it's not that i'm full of monosodium glutamate it's that you are sending me a message uh, and you can just say hello and that will actually send me uh, a private message that says hello okay so that's how you send me a pm that helps me tonight because i'm here alone so i appreciate that very very much sorry yes uh williamsburg virginia andrew jameson clarifies we do not have a disneyland in canada uh, we have a Wonderland in Toronto, which is about 45, 50 minutes away from here. Uh, look it up, Wonderland, just like Alice, and uh, lots of fun there. But it's not themed like uh, like Disney World, obviously. But it used to be owned by Paramount, and when it was owned by Paramount, that was awesome, because that was when Paramount also owned, you guessed it. So uh, that's where I got my first, you know, Starfleet communicator and all that kind of stuff. But nowadays it's it's not themed like that, but All right. So keep in mind, please private message me if you've got a question. I've got something here. It comes from to me from Derek and Derek simply says, "Hey Robbie, I found your site looking up Linux stuff for kids and I found quite an interesting episode on your site. I like it. Thanks." Uh, but may I suggest that you put appropriate time, oh, pardon me, approximate times for when and where the individual articles are in the show. This particular episode was a one hour long episode, as they all are, uh, and it took me ages to get to the part I was specifically interested in. Once I found it, it was very informative. So with a one-hour show, if it took you ages to get to the point, then obviously your player is playing super slow. Um, but no, I, I get you. Okay, so I'm going to click on this link. It's episode number 224. Beautiful, beautiful picture of Krista and I at the top of the page. And you see what what has happened here is that these old episodes, this is 224, so this is you know a, a long, long time ago, almost 100 weeks ago. Um, so these, uh, you know, in the show notes, it sure, it has all the show notes, but it doesn't have... A really cool feature which is the uh, the play links Derek and I'll show you what a new episode has and and um, sorry so what we have since introduced into the show is exactly what you're asking for let me bring up last week's ep- uh, well not last week because I was on vacation let's see bring up a, a previous episode here we go episode number 306 for example so on episode 306 here Derek What's cool about this is you see, yeah, it's the same kind of layout, but it has these play buttons right next to the particular items that that you're looking at. So we love your suggestion. We have implemented your suggestion. 
Unfortunately, it has not been implemented in the particular episode that you were watching only because it was a very old episode. And in fact, you know, it's that's it, 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 when you open the episode, it actually tells you at the bottom of the page, this is a very old episode. Some of the technologies may not even be in use anymore. So that's just simply what it is. But our new, you know, our site does carry that feature. And it's a cool feature, category5.tv. Check it out. Okay, checking back at the chat room. It's difficult for me, folks. Okay, we've got... uh, I've got something here from Old Salt. Old Salt says... Robbie, I don't know if you got my last message, but I got Ubuntu 13.04 working. Fantastic. I know it's been a few weeks that Old Salt has uh, has been working at this. That's good news. Hope that we've been of some amount of help, at least in the the figuring it out kind of phase. Old Salt says, The only problem that I have now is that I've got about 10 partitions too many from trying so many distros. Each time I tried, they made partitions within partitions within partitions. I made one partition using Windows, and then Linux made the rest during the installation procedures. Can they be converged into one? By the way, the other OS is Windows 8. If you need more information, let me know. Okay, Old Salt. Well, here's the thing. And this comes to us uh, from Maine, USA. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight, Category 5 Technology TV. Um, you've got all these partitions, and, and you know, you've got logical and, and primary partitions and extended partitions, and everything's kind of broken up. And it just comes from experimenting, I think, Old Salt. And, and the thing is, is that that's the nature of the beast. You're learning your way around, getting this thing up and going, and... and if you have a backup that you can restore of your Windows 8 system, then I, I would personally probably go with get, you know, restore back from a Clonezilla image if you have one and then reinstall now that you've got, now that you know what you're doing kind of thing and you can get it in there without creating this kind of dog's breakfast, if you will, as far as partitions go. But the fact is, is that in order to clean that up, it's really quite difficult without data loss or breaking the system. You could... And it's going to cause uh, deletion of data, okay? So I'm going to suggest this, but knowing that you have a good, solid backup, okay? You could delete the partitions that are offending. Make sure you don't break your Windows partition because that's not what you want to do. Delete all of Linux. Hear me out here, folks. Delete it all so that you can just create that one empty space. Not a partition, empty space. Okay, so get rid of all the partitions. It's going to destroy everything that you've put into Linux, but now you've got one large, continuous, contiguous ah, space on your hard drive. Okay, it's a great big space that you can now install your Linux operating system into, and then get it up and going. And it's like you started from square one, and then no harm done, no harm, no no harm, no foul, and uh, you'd be good to go. But even you know when I was learning Linux, I baked a lot of systems and just had fun with it and I think that you're you know you're learning your way around and it's and I encourage you to keep doing that I you know for a time I even kept a separate hard drive in my computer and I would log into my BIOS on boot and I would switch over to the Linux one and, and even when I first started I think I was actually swapping you know pulling the cable from the back of my Windows drive and plugging it into my Linux drive and then I could mess with that Linux drive to my heart's content Never had to worry about wrecking my uh, my Windows installation because back then I was I was dependent on that uh, for business or whatever. So so then once I got used to running Linux on that secondary hard drive, which was just you know whatever hard drive I had running, then I then that's when I got into a dual bar uh, a dual boot uh, setup so that I could boot into Windows when I needed it and boot into Linux when I needed it, and I would. Then I got into just running Windows, or pardon me, running Linux exclusively, but I kept that dual boot um, environment so that I could boot into Windows if I ever needed it. Then I started to find after time that I no longer needed the Windows partition, so I created a virtual machine and I installed Windows XP into it because I happened to have a Windows XP license off of another computer, had the disk, and it was easy breezy to install and it ran great in a virtual machine. So then that's when I was able to say, okay, now I'm Linux, and I've got Windows in a virtual machine, and I can just tinker with that whenever I need to, but it's not really my operating system. So 
So all that to say, I know we're, you know the question stems from what can you do about the partitions. I would say, yeah, start again. But it's not going to hurt anything really if you've got all these partitions. And it depends again. You know, here's another case, old salt. Where sure, I could maybe remote in and take a look at your your um, F disk and take a look at your FS tab and find out where things are being mounted, what has data, what is actually just empty partitions. Uh, maybe use gpartEd to determine some of that information. That's something that maybe we could take a look at if you have um, TeamViewer installed. That'd be a fun way to to take a look for you. But I don't actually. Do we see old salt in the chat room? I don't see it tonight. But my friend, if you if you want us to have a look for you, uh, let me know. Okay. And thank you for tuning in. Thanks for the question. Hey folks, uh, just a reminder: if you're chatting in the chat room and you have a question for me or a comment, just feel free to uh, carbon copy that over to a private message, just so that I don't miss it. Um, I am co-hostless tonight. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode 308. Nice to have you here. As I'm here alone, I'm, I'm uh, trying to keep up with the chat room and keep up with your emails that are coming in. And uh, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. YouTube, nice to see you. Blip TV, firstrun.tv, Miro Internet TV, wherever you're watching from right now. Oh, and you on the Roku Nice to have you joining us uh, on the blip.tv channel as well. You can add our show directly to your Roku box. All you have to do is just go to category5.tv, click on to the RSS link on the right-hand side. It's a familiar icon. Or simply go to cat5.tv slash RSS. That's our short link, cat5, not category, cat5.tv slash RSS. And that will take you there as well. Okay, what else have I got? I can't believe it's almost time for the news, folks. And I've got some exciting stories for you, some interesting stories, I think. And uh, we're going to be jumping into that in just a few minutes' time. If you're watching off the top of the show, you know what's coming up. I want to say thank you to our viewers who have sent in donations this week. Um, This week is, of course, a a bit of an odd show because I'm here alone. It's vacation week, and um, you know I do this once a year or so where we just kind of take a casual and uh, impromptu kind of relaxing evening. But for those of you who were able to send in a donation over the past week, two weeks, uh, I just wanted to let you know personally that, uh, that that is greatly appreciated. We're saving up to renovate uh, a new studio space, Studio D. This is my home basement, and, and it's wonderful. It works really well for us, but it does cut down the, the amount of floor space in, in my wife's and my home by about a third. And so, you know, we look forward to one day uh, having a studio space all of our own for Category 5. It's going to be soundproof. That's the other advantage. So, uh, or sound, at least uh, sound absorbing. I guess the, the we've had a contractor in. They said it's not soundproof. It's uh, sound something. Deflecting and absorbing and it's a little different. But they know what they're talking about. They're going to make it happen for us. And I appreciate your donations, which are being set aside for that when possible. Otherwise, they help us to pay for the bills. As you know, those are pretty high. Um, But we do what we can with what we have, and we appreciate you for sending in that support. If you care to support us in that way and you're able to, uh, I encourage you, you know, any amount helps us. And I only say this because we're in a time where we do need to raise some funds. It's cat5.tv slash C. And you know me that I'm an honest guy and I'm, I'm not out asking for uh, handouts at any time. We've been doing this for 308 weeks. We want to grow, and uh, and that's as simple as it is. But your donations help. If your donations come, then that helps us out. Otherwise, I'm hitting the pavement too. I did. Uh, I spent a, a weekend. I traveled. I drove for about an hour. I think it was an hour and a half drive, and uh, I went to Georgian Bay. I got all the equipment that I needed, and I did. Uh, a large amount of video shooting for a real estate company there and it was a fun project but the whole thing was specifically to raise funds for the renovation so I was actually volunteering my time I'm not getting paid for that time at all and was there um, doing filming for a real estate agency and uh, and then everything that's raised from that goes directly into the pot for the renovation as well so just so you know kind of where we're at there and I'm going to put some information on our website and certainly on my blog baldnerd.com uh, okay, don't forget, Category 5 phone is open, 2545CAT5TV, and also our mobile site, which is going to land squarely on my chest, ouch, m.cat5.tv, 
I should move over here. Scan that code. It'll take you to the mobile site. You can listen. I know those of you who are listening right now on your mobile device, even if you have, you know, some people have said that they're in the car or whatever, or they're working in the shop, and the signal is not strong enough to be able to watch the show, but they're able to tune in live with the radio feed, uh, which is very, very handy. It uses less bandwidth, so if you're on your cellular network, it's going to cost you a lot less if you have a limited amount of data that you're able to transfer without incurring expense, uh, because it uses very, very little data. Okay, time for another question. I think before we get into the news, let's see what we got. Anybody in the chat room? I just want to give you a chance. Thanks, everybody. Um, A. Jameson, wondering a little bit more about the space. I'm going to be revealing much more about that uh, Studio D uh, over the next several weeks. Uh, All I know is that we had really hoped to be able to move in this fall in time for Season 7's beginning. That's probably not going to happen just because of the... Well, we got our quote, and it is uh, about a third more than we were expecting. And it's a full, honest quote from a, a gentleman that uh, that I respect highly. He's very, very good at uh, at what he does, and uh, and I trust him, and uh, and I know that he's given us a, a good deal, and a fair deal, I guess would be the, the most important thing. Um, and uh, it came in quite a bit he- heavier than we thought. So, so it is going to take some time unless uh, something comes about, and uh, certainly your donations, again, help with that. Uh, but, A. Jameson, it is going to be just a separate space, and uh, that's really what it's going to be about. It's going to be great. Cheers, old guy Jim. I'm just watching the chat room for those of you who are... <laughs> Why is he just staring at the screen? And the witty banter tonight is not quite the same without uh, Hillary or Sasha or Krista or Eric especially or Rachel or Abigail or Becca sitting at my side and Erica. So it's all up to me tonight, folks. (laughs) All right. You know what? I'm going to jump into the news, folks. This is exciting, exciting stuff tonight. Serial entrepreneur and billionaire Elon Musk unveiled design plans for the Hyperloop. It's a super-fast transport system that could cut the travel time from Los Angeles to San Francisco to 30 minutes. Costs a fraction of the current proposed high-speed rail project. I mean, a very, very small amount compared to that, what is it, like an insanely $70 billion project or something like that. And this is way, way less than that. The co-founder of PayPal, that's who this guy is. He's also the man behind commercial space transport firm SpaceX, as well as somebody that you've heard, a company you've heard of, uh, Tesla. They make the uh, electric cars. Um, So he's no stranger to creating... uh, you know, businesses and and all that. But he actually tapped into the workforce that he has through those businesses. About a thousand employees from both Tesla and SpaceX came up with the idea. It's basically an elevated tube, as you see in the picture there, uh, and uh, it has travel pods that move through at nearly the speed of sound. In a technical paper published yesterday, Musk said that the idea is similar to the old pneumatic tubes used to send mail and packages within and between buildings. You remember those? And there it goes. So now you are in this tube, and it's much larger scale. Uh, But it's actually going to operate on less pressure to save energy, and that's a key point considering some of the competition that's out there. Uh, He said it's going to cost less than one-tenth of the planned high-speed rail system in California, as a matter of fact, uh, which, yes, is confirmed here uh, to be uh, almost $70 billion in that proposal. Um, But here's the thing. Not only is it only a tenth of the price, but it is six times the speed. Unlike the competing idea called ET3, Musk's concept would not rely on the vacuum system, uh, which he claims would, in fact, be impossible to maintain in such a large system. A video about the idea claims that uh, in the frictionless environment that they're going to create or that they have come up with the concept for, at least, the cars, each carrying several people, could top 4,000 miles per hour, about 6,500 kilometers per hour, or six times the speed of a Boeing 757. 
It claimed a travel time of around 45 minutes from New York to Los Angeles. Crazy stuff. You can actually get links and see the videos, all that, at newsroom.category5.tv if you'd like to check those out. Legitimate users of the Tor anonymous br- browsing service, pardon me, they are being advised to stop using Windows if they want to keep their identity hidden. So is that you? Listen up. If you're using Windows with Tor, the advisory comes after an actual attack on Tor that targeted Windows users specifically and sought to gather data that could be used to identify those people. In addition, Tor warned that versions of Firefox before release 17.0.7 were open to the attack. As an alternative, Tor suggests, get this, the Linux operating system, or alternatively, Apple OS X, or the more esoteric systems such as Tails. Uh, It is still not clear who's behind the sophisticated attack, but this is a little bit scary. Early investigations showed that the data was going to a location in America, uh, probably the state of Virginia, and further sleuthing has now revealed that the web address being uh, that's receiving all of this private information about your surfing habits on Tor is actually run by the U.S. NSA, the National Security Agency. So that's a little bit ominous. Here's something for you. Have you got a $6,000 toilet in your house? Beware. (laughs) Luxury toilet users are being warned about a hardware flaw. It's not what you would expect. Retailers of this nearly $6,000 toilet, it's called the Satie Toilet. Uh, It includes automatic flushing, uh, bidet spray, of course. If you're going to pay $6,000 for a toilet, you're not going to have to wipe. Plain and simple. It also plays music, yeah, and it has an automated fragrance release. My toilet has that too. Not the same thing. The toilet is controlled by an Android app. Kind of interesting, right? But a hardware flaw means that any phone with the app could activate any of the toilets. The toilet uses Bluetooth to receive instructions via the app, but the PIN code for every single toilet made is hard set to 0000. That means it cannot be reset, you can't change the PIN, and it can be activated by any phone that has the app and is within Bluetooth range. A report by TrustWaves Spider Labs information security experts warns, and this is a quote, okay, folks? This is real. An attacker could simply download the application and use it to cause the toilet to repeatedly flush, raising the water usage uh, and therefore utility costs of the user. Okay, that's not our biggest concern. Here's the thing. Uh, Okay, they reveal that the attackers could also cause the unit to unexpectedly open and close the lid. I guess that's a feature of the app, of course. They can activate the bidet. Or the air dry functions. There's more functions that we didn't even know about here. Uh, And this, they warn, could cause discomfort or distress to the user. Security expert Graham Cluley told the BBC, although this vulnerability seems largely harmless, what's clear is that companies building household appliances need to have security in mind just as much as computer manufacturers. Boy, oh boy, the first dorm room that gets one of these toilets, you know that there's going to be some pranking going on. Guaranteed. Startup Crossbar. Get this. No, they don't make rainbows, despite what you may think from what you see on the screen. They claim that they have developed the world's most advanced non-volatile memory. It's capable of storing up to about a terabyte of data on a single chip. That's not all. The memory also touts being the most energy efficient, being able to perform 20 times faster than traditional NAND. It has 10 times the endurance of typical NAND as well. So it holds more, it lasts longer, and it's faster. 
Sounds good to me. The technology is called Resistive RAM, or RRAM for short, and uh, with a mere 200 millimeter square chip, one terabyte of storage can be held. So you think about that with RRAM, the future of mechanical storage really does appear grim, uh, but that assumes the crossbar is actually going to come through with the promises that, uh, that they are making. It also makes the assumption that prices are going to reach you know, a consumer accessible level. Today's hard drives top out at about four terabytes in capacity. If a single chip here can store one terabyte, just imagine the potential. It's a hundred times faster than that same hard drive, the mechanical drive that holds four terabytes. So it's faster, holds more space. Things are going to become very, very interesting soon. And uh, it seems that at that point, uh, processors and other hardware within your computer, those are going to be the bottlenecks unlike you know days gone by where the hard drive was always the bottleneck up until the advent of SSDs and now it's flipping around all the way and uh, we're just gonna see that open wide if your hard drive imagine this if your hard drive you you know the difference between a spinning hard drive a mechanical hard drive and an SSD if you want a performance boost in your computer stick an SSD in there replace your spinning hard drive because that's your bottleneck the SSD will speed it up. Well, now they're saying, okay, this is now 20 times the speed of an SSD and stores more on the drive. My SSD is 120 uh, gigs. This is a terabyte, a thousand of them. Crazy stuff. You can get the full stories on our website. We've got a dedicated website for the newsroom. It's newsroom.category5.tv. And if you've got a story that you think is worthy of on-air mention here on Category 5, please pop us an email, newsroom at category5.tv. Just send us the link if you like, and uh, you could be mentioned on the air. Hey, tonight's uh, news is brought to you in part by Roy W. Nash. Also, Rachel Shu sent him one of the stories, and uh, I'd love to receive some from you. For the Category 5 Technology TV Newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv, I'm Robbie Ferguson. And thanks for joining me tonight on Category 5 Technology TV. It's so good to see you. And uh, chat room is, is going strong. Nice to see everybody. Rachel. <laughs> oh, Jot. Uh, for the record, Rachel Shu's story was... Uh, the one about the uh, the the train type system from uh, Elon Musk. So just uh, none of that toilet humor. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Still got some more questions here for you, or from you, I should say. And through the week, uh, if you're not able to get to us during the live show, you can join us uh, by emailing live at category5.tv, and I do my best, and the co-hosts do their best to get your questions in here on the show. Um, so make sure you tune in you know, the following week and the week after that and, and see if your question was answered. And uh, we certainly do our best to give you a hand. Don't forget, Cat Phone, Cat Phone is open tonight. It's 2545-CAT5TV. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and of course, chat room, free node, category five. Hi, Robbie and Becca. I'm sorry. Becca couldn't be here tonight. Rob Gore. Rob Gore says, I thought I would pass this information on to you and all of your viewers. I discovered that it is now possible to easily back up your Blu-ray movies that you own very easily using two tools in Linux. Okay, so what Rob Gore is talking about here is here's the classic scenario. Here's my house. Three kids. All of them have peanut butter on their fingers. Don't know why. It's just the way it is. They get into the Blu-rays and DVDs and VHS and betas and 8-tracks. And for some reason, they put peanut butter everywhere. Not, it doesn't really happen that way. But seriously, when you got kids, you got to have backups. We found this out. Here's a good example. <laughs> My son's favorite DVD. And, uh, you know, just a children's show. And, it, you know, means nothing to us beyond that it was a show that we bought him. But he watches it regularly and he has for years. And he loves it. And then our youngest, who's two years old, decided when he got a hold of it that he would try to take it out of the DVD case. And what did he do? The way that he pulled it out, snapped the DVD in half. We went online and the DVD is no longer available. And it's you can get it, but it's really, really expensive. And so, sad case. And I said to Becca, I said, if only we had a backup of that DVD, then I could simply 
burn a copy and we'd put it in the case and we legitimately own that DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, but it would have been a fail-safe for us. Or better yet, I could have put it in a box somewhere. This is what I usually do with most of my movies is I put those in a box in the garage and uh, the ripped version, uh, which is what we call it, is just a file and it sits on the iOS, which is connect, uh, connected to the TV. It's a PIVOS device. So it lets us watch it directly on the TV. So then there's no discs being moved around. So here Rob Gore is saying, okay, if you legitimately own these Blu-ray discs, these aren't rentals, these are discs that you have purchased and you own or you've got them for presents or whatever, and uh, you can actually make copies. I'm going to come back to Rob Gore's uh, comments there, but right now we've got a call on the cat phone. Hello, who's this? Hello. I seem to have lost you. Okay, well, if that was you, give me a call right back. So there's a tool called Make MKV, as Rob Gore is pointing us to, and it rips the content of the disc. And remember that discs, Blu-rays, DVDs, they carry what's called copy protection, and that is legitimately there to protect from people who want to abuse um, the, you know, the copywritten material and distribute it illegally. Well, that's not what we're doing. We're going to use this to back up legitimate copies of our own owned stuff. So with this tool, Make MKV, it not only rips the content from the DVD, and when I use the word rip, we're not talking about ripping paper or ripping DVDs in half like my son will do. We're talking about making a copy from the disc. So it's an optical disc, and we are making a magnetic copy. It's called a rip onto the hard drive of our computer. Problem with Blu-ray is that the, the discs store up to 50 gigabytes. So a lot of us don't have enough space to be storing 20, 30, 40, 50 gigabyte movies on our hard drive. So that's where the second tool comes in that, uh, that uh, Rob Gore is mentioning, which is uh, one that we've looked at in the past, and it's called Handbrake. And Handbrake offers compression, and it's a free tool for Linux, and it offers the ability to uh, take those massive files that have been ripped now and re-encodes them into a smaller file. So now a 20 gig file might be one gig. And it does that in a lossy compression, which means it loses quality, yes. But it, will you notice it? Probably not. It's probably good enough that your eye won't necessarily pick it up. Okay, so here's what's cool. Um, Rob Gore has included a link to a forum post. And I'll actually give you a, a link to this. I'm going to create a short link for you right now which won't take me a moment. Usually I'm able to do this quickly um, with the, while the co-hosts are speaking, so you'll just need to bear with me just for a half a moment because I want to I give you this link that Rob Gore is giving us to this amazing tool. The name of it, again, is called Make, M-A-K-E, uh, M-A-K-E, M-K-V. That's hard to say, Make, M-K-V. But that's what I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to just call it M-K-V cat5.tv slash mkv and that's m for mary that's active for you and uh, i do have someone on the cat phone do i hello oh jim yeah i hit him speaker speaker wire come on plugged that makes sense yeah i had a question for you okay on your bun 1204 yes right click you can't format anymore doesn't it drive you nuts I know. Is there a way of adding it in the uh, file system like you showed that one night where you were adding things in, uh, I forget what you called that box you opened up, you know, where you uh, added things and then changed them like in the, uh, like Microsoft has their... uh, Yeah. Do you mean in the context menu when you right-click you want to have the ability to format a disk? Right. Is there any way of adding that? Well, the thing is, is that with Linux, it's a little bit different, Jim, um, because we're not... Okay, on a Windows system, you're used to right-click on a C drive, and the C drive is actually your physical computer, technically, you know, or your hard drive, right? That's what you would compare it to. In Linux, though, everything is done in mount points. So when you talk about formatting, you don't want to format the mount point. So that might be, you know, like whatever drive. You wouldn't right-click on a on a mount point and tell it to format because it is just a mount point. And I know that's kind of it sounds convoluted when I explain it, but um, what you might want to do is install a tool. Have you have you seen Gpart Ed? Have you ever seen that tool? I've seen it, but it looks. I'm only 
my hard yeah. drive doing some to my hard drive instead of my USB. And that's and that's why we always keep a good backup, Jim. Um, I'm just going to quickly bring up G Part Ed for Jim here. And if you have the show up, Jim, with the audio muted, G Part Ed, you just bring it up, and then over on the right hand side here, it gives you a list of the different hard drives that are in your computer. All right. So make sure now. See, in my case. It's a little bit dangerous because look at my drives. I don't know if you can see that. I'm going to zoom in a bit. Okay. SDA. That's my first hard drive. And SDB. What do you notice? They're exactly the same size. So I could very, very easily accidentally format the wrong thing. But you see what I'm saying? It's giving me dev slash SDA. It's not giving me the mount point. It's the actual uh, hard drive. And I seem to have lost Jim. He seems to have unplugged a speaker cable or some crazy thing. But Jim... That's what I would look at, okay? G part ed now lets you select the drive and you can tell which one it is. I can see that this is actually my data drive because I selected it and I can see the label and I can see the, how it's designed. And then I can do things such as, okay, I can now with this drive selected, I can right click and I can go format to and I can tell it what I would like it to format as. And if I want it to be accessible in Windows, I would want to go with NTFS. If I want it to be um, Linux, it would be, you know, ext2, 3, 4, Something like that. And then just hit apply up at the top or the little uh, enter uh, box, which is apply all operations. And then you'll be good to go. So sorry I lost you there, Jim. Not sure what happened on, on the phone line, but I appreciate the call and I hope that that helps you out. Okay, back to Rob Gore's comment here. So we've got this short link created at cat5.tv slash mkv. And that's going to take you to a forum post. MKV. V. And in that post, this is the first post that he wants to draw your attention to. You'll see this file called buildmakemkv.sh. And if you click on that, which is a, a file created by one of its users, probably save it to your hard drive. I don't know how long they're going to leave it up there. But let's open it and see what this is actually doing. So, all right. I need to browse to a text editor or some crazy thing. Here we go. Sometimes my system doesn't like me when I am zoomed in. Tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> Over here. Zoom out. Where's a co-host when you need them? Okay. User Ben Pluma. Let's open that up. There we go. And I want to show you what it's doing. Is it this script is pretty pretty smart. It installs the essential stuff that's needed in order to create in, and install this application and many and many others. It goes into your temporary folder and it downloads a copy of the HTML output from makemkv.com and then it uses a couple of tools grep and and sed or sed and it uses some uh, regex it's just simple regex in order to determine what the file name should be and then it is going to download them and install them. So the script uh, looks safe as long as the software is is good. It does use uh, sudo, which is going to, of course, uh, force super user access during the installation procedure. The the software looks good, and uh, and Rob Gore looks like you've tested it out. And check out makemkv.com in addition to the link that I just gave you, and uh, you'll see that this is in beta. Very, very simple tool available for Windows, Mac, and using that link that I just gave you, cat5.tv slash mkv, there's a script that will allow you to install it in Linux very, very easily. All right? And it just allows you to select the disk and then copy it, open it to your hard drive. It will just basically download the disk to your hard drive as this massive mkv file. That's a video file. And then once you've got that, you can re-encode it with Handbrake, as Rob Gore is suggesting. And perhaps a good feature to do on the show as well, but uh, we are slightly limited for time tonight in order to do that. So I'll just pass along the information that Rob Gore has given us and, uh, and suggest that you take, take a look. And Rob Gore, we appreciate, uh, appreciate that great information. Okay. Good guy is wondering, uh, just a quick question there about Vortex Box, whether I've played around with it, and the answer would be no to that. Um, I have not, personally. Just watching the chat room, doing my best. Okay. Cool. All right. Next up, Keck, Keck, Keck. 
thanks to Robbie's obsession with backups. I say this warmly. I'm reading this, okay? So this is all this is all kekekek. I'll try to get the emphasis correct. I say this warmly since people have said that about me too. I am now using a rotating offsite backup disk, disks plural, for both home and work. Now there's always at least one backup disk offsite. Robbie's insistence about having backups offsite has inspired me to finally get this set up properly. I use Bacula backup software, uh, which is, uh, he's got a link here for Bacula.org or Bacula, 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 B-A-C-U-L-A.org. Makes me think of Captain Archer. Backing up, this is a software tool that I haven't looked at there, Kekekek, so you've got me there. Looks really, really cool. I think we need to take a look at it as networking backup software for Windows, Linux, Mac, open source. Love the idea. Okay, so he's backing up about six computers at home and about 30 at work to a hard disk. He has a, uh, I should read it in first person as he's written it so that I don't uh, mix up his words. I have a hierarchy of disks, so there is always at least six months of backups available. Very nice. Robbie, thank you very much for your hard work making a very informative, fun, and professional show each and every week. It's really appreciated. And Becca, who was on the air last night, uh, last week, pardon me, and uh, who is my wife and, uh, and allows this show to go on. Uh, he says, thanks to you too, Becca. I'm sure Robbie couldn't possibly put on a show like this each week without a lot of help from you. All the best, Carl Cunningham, a.k.a. Keck Keck Keck. Thank you very much for the email. Appreciate the kind words. And it's certainly true, um, you know, as any husband would say, I mean, if you don't have the support of your wife, how can you do um, the things that you do, right? And this show is perfect uh, a testament to that where... This is, like I say, she's given up a third of the house, folks, for six, seven years. That's how that's how we've been doing it. Thank you very much. Um, so, Bacula sounds good, and my insistence on backing up stems from that one time where it happened to me when I was a young recording artist. And, you know, I've got CDs out there, and and uh, my band, back in the day, we released some CDs, and we did fairly well for ourselves. We played at the Canadian Gospel Music Awards. Uh, we traveled around Ontario. We did a, a fair bit of stuff together. Uh, Becca was a part of that, uh, that band. And um, this was before we had kids. And at that time, um, I had been producing a lot of the stuff on my own in the house and, you know, recording tracks and things. And at some point the hard drive that stored all the music crashed and I lost everything. Everything that I was working on, not everything as in all my music, but all of the stuff that I was presently working on because I didn't have an up-to-date backup of that system. So I learned the hard way and I see customers all the time who learn the hard way and it's painful to, to see them go through that. And the, just the, the horror of realizing that you've lost data uh, is a terrible thing. So very p- pleased that that is the impact that the show has had on you, Kekekek. Uh, we appreciate the email, but uh, very happy that uh, that you've learned to, or maybe that it's just nudged you enough to to say, okay, this is important. I need to get this done now because it could be tomorrow, and that back that hard drive could crash, and you'll say, wow, good thing I had that backup. So appreciate that very very much. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our website is www.category5.tv. It's so good to see you. Thanks for joining me tonight. Here all by my lonesome. But we're having a good time together anyways. I love receiving your questions. Um, Jot reminds us that uh, a backup is only a backup if you can also restore it. So if your backup is just some drive somewhere that you put stuff on, maybe, like, let's say a CD. Here's a good example. You put all your stuff on a CD or a flash drive, a better example. You've got a flash drive, and you put all your stuff on there, and you call that a backup, and then you realize when it comes down to it, when your hard drive crashes, that the data is actually corrupt on that drive because CDs only last for so long. They don't last very long at all, as a matter of fact, because consumer burnable CDs are just... They're flimsy. 
they're susceptible to light, vibration, and heat, and cold. People think that CDs are reliable because a CD will last forever, right? Like 300 years. Yeah, but not consumer ones, not the ones that you're burning in your computer. The difference is is that when you buy a CD or a DVD or something like that, an optical disc, they use... um, uh, their their masters are actually you remember the old records it would be like a punch and they, they would physically create the disc using not optical technology but a punch it's like a it's some kind of crazy you know the the way that they do it is through physical means so it's actually physically embedded into this disc and then the optics that read it but it's a physical thing now when you with these consumer ones okay these ones in fact it has the same reading technology, but the writing technology is different. It's, it's layer upon layer upon layer. So it's got a very, very, very thin layer of this metal. And the burning laser shines through a special layer that allows the metal to be punched up and down and peaks and grooves and valleys and all that kind of stuff. So that when your laser reads it, it's able to read the optical data back and it's great. But it's not very reliable at all. So what happens if your hard drive crashes and you've got one of those backups that you haven't verified? Jot reminds us, verification is needed as well as just running your backups. When I run a backup for my customers, actually once a month I emulate you know, what would happen if a system crashed. And that's usually, I'll be honest with you, that's usually when I realize, oh, my backup set is not sufficient. I need to put a little bit more work into the way this particular server is being backed up because had it crashed today, I might have lost a week's worth of email. Well, we want to cut that down to a day, maybe two days. And and we work on it like that. So, good point. Thank you, Jot. And I hope that that's clear as anything. Okay, one more here. Uh, We've got time for Old Salt again. Joining us from Maine, USA. Great to hear from you. Thank you for joining us says, I'm on Ubuntu 13.04. I can watch past episodes but can't watch live. I installed Flash, which didn't help. Do I have to install something else? That's a hard call. Okay, Category 5 broadcasts live using a couple of different technologies. First of all, if you go to our website and you go to live.cat5.tv, you're watching YouTube. Uh, At this point, this is August of 2013, and that's the technology that we're currently implementing in our live feed. Months ago, it was Ustream and and Justin.tv. Now it's YouTube. We don't, you're not bombarded with advertising and, and it also cuts our costs and it's fantastic. It works really well. So if you can get YouTube Live working, you can get our stream working and that's as plain as it is. If you can't get it working, you go to our main website, you'll see that there's an alternative. It's called VLC. And VLC is, now that's just a suggested player. What this really is, is a feed that, allows you to watch the show live in your player. So it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be brought up in a web browser. Um, the VLC link will actually launch uh, VLC as a player, or it could be Windows uh, Movie Player, or Media Player, I should say. Uh, it could be um, uh, QuickTime on your Mac, right? So any of those tools, as long as they can play live video, can play our VLC feed. So that's something you can fall back on. And then again, as I was mentioning at the beginning of the show, Old Salt, is that some people who, for some reason or another, can't watch live will simply tune into the audio feed, which is also available. Uh, and you can get it at radio.category5.tv or just through our website during the live show. You'll see all, all the links on our homepage. Okay. Old Salt's question. Is there an add-on for LibreOffice to translate English to other languages. My wife wrote a book. Congratulations. Uh, It's being sold worldwide also. Congratulations. Uh, Here's the thing. We'd like to translate it into other languages. I'm using MS Word to translate to Hindi right now, uh, but I would really like to use Ubuntu rather than Windows. Okay, so with that in mind, old salt, let me bring up LibreOffice. I'm going to find it here on my system. We're going to bring up a writer. And the fact is, no, there's nothing 
There's nothing I would recommend for you that is a an extension for LibreOffice. If you go into Tools, Extension Manager, and you go get more extensions online, you'll get the extension database. You can go in here, Extensions, and you can type in whatever you want, or you can search through. You can go through Language Tools, um, all this kind of stuff. I really don't think you're going to find something that's as good as what I would recommend for what you're trying to do, which is basically translating literature. You want it to be fairly accurate. Now, I'll tell you straight off the bat, and your wife should understand this, that an electronic translation is going to be horrible in many respects. It's like when you get documentation that you know was written in a foreign country and it's been translated into your native language and you know that it's been done electronically or through uh, you know a third party who's inexperienced because there are it's just the language is poor and a literal translation by electronic software is never going to be as good as a human translation by somebody who is truly bilingual or multilingual that said translators are getting very very good at understanding here's the thing you remember microsoft word remember back in the day we all of a sudden didn't have just red underlines we got the green ones because it started to recognize grammar and context context for some reason that was really hard to say just there in that moment so google translate bing translate all these other ones are getting better at understanding what grammar context so the translation becomes more and more accurate that's awesome but it's still not going to help you in LibreOffice okay so here I am in LibreOffice or whatever you want to call it okay and we'll create something here is my book uh, what do we want to say thank you for reading it okay I'm gonna do a couple of little formatting things I'm gonna make book bold I'm gonna make thank you italicized Okay, and I'm going to just save that to my desktop. So we're going to call this my book. And it's going to save as the default format, which is ODT. So now I've got on my desktop, I've got a file called mybook.odt. And you'll see it's faded there. That's just because I've got these cool, funky effects with Compass. But it is there. So here's what I'm going to suggest. We're not going to actually use a tool or an extension built into LibreOffice. Instead, we're going to go the new way which is, what did I say? Google Translate, Bing Translate, all these different services. Alta, uh, Alta, Alta Vista? Uh, Alta Vista is, what was it called? I don't know. They have a good translator too. Or had. But the fact is, is all these things are web-based, right? Because the web gives you access to this amazing resource where it's competitive. Bing wants to be the better translator than Google, and Google wants to be the better one, and they're doing a great job. And so all of a sudden, you've got this competitive environment where all these people are doing it, and it's free. It's great, but you don't want to copy and paste your whole book into Google Translate and hope that it will translate the first two paragraphs and have to copy it a couple paragraphs at a time because they're, they want to charge you if you want to do anything more than that. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to go to this really cool website. You're going to love this, freetranslation.com. And right from here, I'm going to go choose file, and you'll see that it supports doc. PPT, PowerPoint, ODT, that's the file format we're using, PDF and text. Okay, so let's choose our file. I'm going to browse to my desktop where mybook.odt is located and hit open. And as soon as I hit open, you'll see that it's loaded over on the right-hand side here. And currently, I, I, I've got it set to Hindi. How convenient is that? So it's automatically translating from English to Hindi. And now if I click on download, now I'm getting a new copy of my book. I'm going to hit save. And now it's saved it to my downloads folder. And I'm going to go there. And there's a copy of my book. And I open it. And what is it? I don't think that there are italicies in Hindi. But you get the idea. So now you've got a tool that through freetranslation.com, all of a sudden you're able to translate your entire document. And they offer professional translation services. Well, you may need to pay for that extra added touch. It's like publishing your book you need an editor you need somebody to be able to just polish off the edges and that will uh, that will help do it for you so thank you very much for the question thank you everyone for tuning in tonight uh, i know it's been a little bit of a different format tonight just because it's all me uh, but i appreciate you joining me next week we're going to be back to our regular format the vacation is over and uh, everything will be back to normal hillary rumble uh, is going to be joining me here in the studio excited to have her joining us and a uh, special treat 
for her from uh, Rob Gorzinski. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. And we're going to have a lot of fun together. So get your questions in live at category5.tv. Uh, you can send that in anytime and we'll get them and we'll process them and we'll uh, do our best to get them on the air for you. So have a fantastic week. Great having you here. Thanks for joining me and uh, I'll see you next Tuesday night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.